Hello everybody, this is Rafael Davidovich. Welcome to this week's Parsha Shir. This week is Parshas Yisro. And while this Parsha is most known for the Aser Sadebros, the Ten Commandments, it begins with a couple of stories about the name Yisro, the person the Parsha is named for. Yisro is, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law, and he is now arriving at Har Sinai to deliver Moshe's wife and sons back to him. This is the first thing that he does, in which he exclaims how amazed he is and how blessed the Jewish people are. And he says, Baruch Hashem, who saved the Jewish people from Mitzrayim and did all these wonderful nisim, these wonderful miracles for them. And this then goes into the second story of the parsha, in which Yisro suggests a new method of leading the Jewish people through different levels of leadership, Right? leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, which is the most elaborate uh, system of leadership that the Jewish people would ever have. Think about it. A leader for every minion, literally. So what do these two stories have to do with one another? On the one hand, it just seems like these are two stories involving Yisro. Yisro is coming and telling Moshe, listen, I got your wife and kids here. And then it goes to the next story where it talks about Yisro suggesting leadership. Are they unrelated? Well, of course, you know, they're not unrelated. So what do they have to do with one another? So I'd like to share with you a beautiful thought that someone in the shul actually shared with me a few years ago that I thought was very insightful. Can I tell you for sure that the Dvar Torah is MS Lamito, 100% true? I won't say that. I'll just tell you I find it to have an, a very strong element of MS to it. Let me put it this way. The Parsha says that Yisro was coming with Moshe's wife and sons after he had sent them away. Rashi explains at what point Moshe sent his wife and sons back because if you look in Parshas Shmos, when Moshe comes to Mitzrayim the first time, there is no specific mention of him sending them back. In fact, it seems that Moshe is bringing his family with him to Mitzrayim. It is Rashi who says that at the point that Moshe met Aaron, that was the point Aaron told Moshe to send them back. But what's interesting is that the word that's used in Chumash and the way that it is translated in Aramaic makes it clear that it's not just that Moshe sent her back, like, you know, this isn't safe over here. You better go back to your father. But suggests something much stronger and a little shocking, which is that Moshe actually divorced her. Right? An actual divorce took place. Now, why would he divorce her? Well, the way that the story develops, and people who are familiar with a number of the halachos uh, regarding Moshe Rabbeinu from later Parshas Baloscha, if you know what I'm talking about, has it that Moshe Rabbeinu was not allowed to remain married while he maintained such a strong level of prophecy and constant communication with Hashem. This is never stated explicitly, but it's implied in the words of Chumash, and in this week's Parsha, and the rabbis say so explicitly as they explain the Parsha. So Yisro was bringing her, this is Tzipora, and her sons with him, and suggesting, look, I know you've been busy and you had to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, but now that you're settled here around this mountain, around Har Sinai, I thought this is a good time to bring your family back to you. And here's where it gets interesting. Was there a reunion? Yes, it does seem that for a short time there might have been a reunion, although 
I would say that the argument could be made just as strongly that there was no actual full reunion, that Moshe Rabbeinu never uh, remained truly married to Tzipora in the conventional way that one is that that a couple is married. But Yisro might not have known that. So what is Yisro doing? Yisro is protecting his daughter's interests and telling Moshe, listen, I know you think that you can't be a good husband because you're so busy leading all of these people and teaching them everything. So I have a solution for you. My solution is to take away some of the burden because if you keep up like this, you're not going to be able to be not only a good husband, you're not even going to be able to be a good leader and the people are not going to be able to maintain themselves either with this kind of pressure of having to wait for you for every decision. So why don't you create a system of a layered leadership, thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and this will remove the burden, and you will be able to become a more attentive husband to my daughter Tsipora. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu did implement the plan. It's hard to say that it made a difference in terms of the actual marriage, because I said, certainly, after Matan Torah, the expectation of Moshe was that he would never be able to be a conventional husband ever again for, you know, the next 40 years. But Yisro's intent here was to figure out a way that Moshe Rabbeinu could be a good leader while also being an attentive husband and father. And I think it's instructive that we are told of these two stories before the giving of the Torah, before Matan Torah. Because I think the point that these stories are meant to convey is that we all need to find ways in order to make mitzvos less burdensome. Because no mitzvah is actually meant to be a burden. Every mitzvah is meant to be a privilege. And if one sees that someone is suffering under, under the burden of mitzvah observance, then it's not that the mitzvah is bad, chas v'shalom. All mitzvahs are wonderful. It's that the person hasn't figured out a way of carrying the load in a successful and in a smart way. And this is what Yisra was sharing with Moshe Rabbeinu, and hearing this story is what we can all learn in some way, which is no mitzvah at all is meant to be burdensome. If you do find it burdensome, or if I think that you are finding it burdensome, then come, let's work together and find a halakhically acceptable solution that will make this load to be considered a privilege for everyone and not chas v'shalom a burden. And it is with that idea that I want to wish you all a good Shabbos.